Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in the Bundesliga, the greatest club in Germany. I forgot how Brian Spiel goes, so I'm going to skip to uh, just the greatest club that played on Saturday. And Amen. that's where we're going to start. We're not even going to mix words. There's not even going to be any chit chat. I'm going to throw it straight to the man, the myth, the legend, the king of Queens, Matt in New York. How you doing, Matt? It's fun. It's fun time to be here as a king of Queens, which is a good title to have. So thank you for crowning me with that. But it's good to be if a Frank. If show about you someday, that's what we're going to call it. I have to pay Kevin <laughs> yeah. James. But it's there may a be a show. Kings of Queens show already, but we'll make a separate one with between me and my lady. So uh, <laughs> Kings of Queens part two. But um. No, I mean, it's better to be a Frankfurt fan now, man. It's awesome. What a difference a week makes. We kick Brian off the show for a little while, and all of a sudden, Frankfurt goes crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who would have thought we beat Leipzig and let alone have a clean sheet against them? I mean, <laughs> I think Brian may need to take a longer hiatus than uh, he anticipates. We love you, Brian. Uh, for those listening, Brian's all, <laughs> Brian's all good. He, he's having more fun right now, I promise that. Uh, we might get a little surprise. Um, bonus brian here in this episode so we'll hunt him down see if we can throw that in later um but let's jump right into this match uh going in uh after the win against Werder bremen last week we we had a little bit of confidence because we played pretty good there uh let them back in the game a little bit but i think overall everybody was feeling good but also with the idea that leipzig is in a different category or so we thought Coming into this one, you know, we're a little on edge, but maybe a little bit of confidence. And we came out of the gate just absolutely ready to go. Like dogs. Uh, like dogs. A back four, Jakic, Tuta, Ndika, Christopher Lentz. Uh, I'm going to lead with the most impressive stat. Not only was it a 4-0 final score uh, in favor of the Eagles, not a single shot allowed on target. Uh, for Unheard a back of. four that we've questioned that, you know, they're, they're not bad. All these guys are starter quality, but how they kind of work together, um, a few questionable plays early on, man, that performance against the, I think overrated is safe to say now, but that kind of performance against a previously high powered Leipzig team, uh, outstanding performance by the defense. No, for sure. I mean, you and I were the only optimistic one out of this whole HEF family who uh, thought we could get a win. So at least we can stick it to, you know, the two Brian's and Nathan on that. So hot on you fellas. But no, I'm I just, mean, I'm glad I got some points on the board in our table. I mean, it's match day five. It took me long enough to get off that zero <laughs> spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm leading on that one, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to glow too much about it on this episode because it's not about me. But um, <laughs> this. Uh, this was a. Uh, this is awesome. I mean, you know, I know we arrived in the Bundesliga, you know, last week against Werder Bremen, but I can't remember the last time we scored back-to-back Bundesliga games and scoring four goals. You know, um, which is nuts. I mean, granted, you know, we took advantage of Leipzig's little experimental three in the back play because they've been playing with four in the back at the beginning of the season. They needed to change some things because you know, obviously, they're sitting at like you know eleventh place now, not in a good spot, three points away from us, but. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, not, we took advantage of their experimental ways. And, you know, we were just a much, much better team. I mean, the first goal itself was absolutely beautiful play. I mean, a nice cross from Gutsa with a nice little layover to RKM. You know, here he is again being involved in another goal in consecutive games for us. So that was a nice little magic to see the, you know, the center midfielders and the strikers connecting on that sort of like goal and that sort of quality. I mean, even Roda had a little bit of fun there. I mean, you know, Roda's left foot is absolutely magic. I mean, you know, when he scored against Benfica for us a couple years ago, that was very important, let alone here, you know, scoring the two nothing for us. I mean, you know, he had a great first touch in the box, you know, getting away, getting away from the defender with a nice little Cruyff, and at the same time being able to get a shot off, um, off balance is also pretty um, awesome for someone this old, you know. Um, so I mean, I mean, it was great. I mean, it should have been five or six nothing, honestly. I mean, there's that one chance of guts in the second half should have put one away, but hit it right in the keeper's, um, you know, right in the keeper's chest. Um, there's a couple other chances where Knauf and Lundstrom, I thought, should have at least scored. I mean, I'm glad that Knauf and Bore put their mark on this game too you know with Knauf winning the penalty and Bore scoring it um I mean you know here we are you know like I said last weekend I'm gonna say it again you know we've arrived in the Bundesliga so far and you know Leipzig remains winless in Frankfurt and you know now we now we see what we can do against a Champions League quality team well last year Champions League quality team I don't know if Leipzig is any Champions League quality this this league but I mean it's definitely a huge confidence boost for us heading into Lisbon on Tuesday or Wednesday, one of the days. But yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely, definitely a very, very uh, strong showing today from um, yeah the Atla. I mean, especially with the lineup too. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I would have changed anything in the lineup compared to what we've done in the past a couple of games. I don't know if you have any reservations about you know Lentz starting and whatnot. But I thought you know he's a great left back for us, especially with the Pellegrini injury. You know, late on. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting part. Uh, Pellegrini, you know, new to the club, hasn't trained with us a lot. Um, but we put a lot on his shoulders right away. And I thought he did well his first couple matches with us. Um, but then the injury comes into play. Lentz is really the only option there, or the only one that has spent any time in that spot um, that we can rely on for a full 90 minutes or close to it. And I thought he was outstanding. Uh, granted, uh, Leipzig didn't give us a lot of pressure on the wings. They really, for carrying what 55 or 60% of the possession, they really didn't throw a lot forward. Uh, there was no point in this match where I said, man, they're just putting pressure on us. They're going to break through at some point. Um, I yeah, thought a few that, moments in the first half where I was getting a little nervous, but once we may, scored that goal the in the second half, that so. was it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, even that first goal, uh, when Kamada put that in, I think, by the way, it's to rest. We're retiring the island. Uh, we're establishing a swear jar, um, and people will donate every time they use that phrase on social media or on this podcast, <laughs> because the island is, it's no more. The landmass has risen out of the water. It is a solid mass that will not return to the sea. Um, <laughs> But the water is retrieved. The volcano's coming out of it, and this whole peninsula is exploding is in the form out. of goals. I love it. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I am really enjoying right now is on the forward end um, with Kamada on the left, Goats on the middle, Lindstrom on, Lindstrom on the right. Um, Lindstrom has speed and one-on-one capability. Daichi Kamada is short passing and creativity is off the charts. Goats is 
you know, just notorious for being a playmaker in the middle, that combined with the never-ending motor of RKM in the middle, uh, up high, I, the sky's the limit with this group. Once they are even more settled in together, uh, I really think we have an opportunity to score more goals. I'm going to knock on wood because you know how the diva likes to show her ugly side once in a while, but there's a confidence that we're playing with right now and peaking at the exact moment to go into champions league play. Um, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, I don't think, I don't remember us being this high scoring of a team this early in the season, you know, especially after getting walled by Byron six, one, you know, you know, to come back this strong on the offensive side of things is, you know, super encouraging. I mean, we're one of five teams right now in the Bundesliga that have already double digit scoring, you know, I mean, Byron obviously leads the way with 17, then both Union and Werder Bremen have 12 goals, which is, you know, shocking to say the least. And then, you know, we have 11 and then Freiburg who's leading the table, mind you has, uh, score 10 goals so i mean the fact that we're one of the top five highest uh scoring teams right now but then again we're also one of the top five highest uh, goals against right now but we're focused on the opposite side of things but i mean dude this but if you take out you you can't take matches out of the schedule but if you account for that drubbing that we received thanks to byron on match day one where we just were not ready for the moment um Right, we'll Our take three away goals from there. Would look, you know, far better uh, as far as the goal differential, but still, you know, sitting having a having a six spot thrown up against us and sitting on a zero goal differential right now, it's not a terrible thing. It could be far no, not, worse. Not at all. And you know, here we go with the same trend in the Bundesliga, where you know it get, it kind of gets close. You know, at the you know fairly fairly long time in an extensive way. I mean, if you think about it, we're sitting in tenth place right now. We're only four points away from first place right now. And first place is held by Freiburg out of all fucking teams. And you know, top four, who's held by Union Berlin right now, is just three points away. So the top half of the table is bonkers absolutely bonkers right now um but then again it's also early in the season we've only played five games but then again you know five games later on we're almost a third of the way down the season which is wild to think already this early i mean we just hit september for fuck's sake but um going back to the offensive side of things of this team i mean you know in, in a perfect world you know i thought you know i thought maybe switch kamada out you know for bore and you know kind of have you know lindstrom guts moana and bore kind of be that quad for us and then maybe have Kamada play that sixth spot uh instead of Roda, you know, seeing how that, you know, seeing how that works in the sixth kind of you know, since we wanted that experiment with him in the sixth spot, I'm surprised we haven't continued with that. But we'll see how it goes and see how long the injury is on Roda right now because we're not sure how long that hamstring is gonna, you know, take him out because that's been a hamstring that has had quite some problem on him for a long time. But I mean Lundstrom, Gutsu, Kamada, and Kolomane are definitely the answer right now for us, which sucks because, you know, I don't want to put Knauf and Bore, you know, in our, you know, back pocket to say, yeah, you know, thank you for last year, but, you know, we have something better this year. But just to be able to say that we have both Knauf and Bore in our back pocket as like uh, as like an option is just another crazy thing to say because, you know, here we are again showing how talking about how incredible our depth is. And, you know, it, it showed a lot because, you know, both – Knauf and Bory were involved in the last goal, you know, the penalty. So it's 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 definitely an, uh, offensively, it's awesome. It's like an it's a 
uh, what does that one BN sport reporter always say? Every single time Messi does something crazy, he always just goes like, oh, that is just a um, absolute gathering of orgasmic proportions or something like that. But <laughs> that's what that's what our front four is right now. It's a, an orgasmic Absolutely. proportion. And, you know, you talked about the depth coming off the bench, how their starter quality, uh, that's going to come into play now because we're – Officially into two matches a week season, and at some points we're going to have three in a week just based on, you know, a Friday or a Sunday thrown in, it you know, carry over. But it's going to be exhausting uh, leading into the World Cup with Champions League play and Bundesliga back-to-back. That depth's going to be important. And matches like this where you get an early lead, I was a little hesitant to park the bus because last week that really didn't work out well for us. Um, but the guys off the bench, they didn't sit back at all. They, you know, they, they didn't take as many chances, but when, uh, when RBL gave the opportunity, we took advantage of it. Saw Kanauf work his way in and draw that penalty towards the end with the Bore conversion. That is exactly how good teams close out a match and to do it just seamless. It, it looked like we've been in that position for years. We closed that out the way Champions League level teams do match after match. And we did it against a team that's struggling right now, but they have the quality to beat us on any day out there. Um, we were just a better team today or this weekend, and I thought it was outstanding. I know, I definitely agree with you, and it's definitely important to highlight as well, you know, two Frankfurt debuts with uh, Jorge Smolchich and Eric Jr., Dina Mbipe. we got to figure out a nickname for him because I'm not going to say his whole name the whole damn time, but... Um you know, Smolchich looks pretty good on the left side of the uh, of the wing. He definitely looks a lot smaller in TV than I thought he was. He definitely looks a lot bigger in the pictures and stuff like that. I'm sure he's a huge person when you go up to him on the field and stuff. But um, he did look a little smaller um, on the small inside of things. But maybe he's another, you know, showing for depth just in case, you know, Lentz maybe gets injured or maybe Jakic isn't, you know, uh, as accustomed to the right back position as he seemed in the recent times. I mean, he looked pretty good for me on, on right back the other day. I mean, he completely dominated Timo Werner pretty much. I mean, Timo Werner was barely noticeable the whole game. So so is Christian and Cuckoo. Um, Sucks that Danny Olmo got injured early enough, but I mean, I don't think it really mattered, you know, considering the scoreline of the game. Um, But what were your your impressions of, you know, that Eric Jr., Dina, Mbipe kid? I mean, he, he he was pretty. I I thought he was pretty solid. I mean, I think I think like like we just said before. You know, he was just another um, great example of how strong our depth is this year in the team. Yeah, I think there's the advantage of him not having to be relied upon to put in ninety minutes. The opportunity, you know, still new to the Bundesliga, still a young player. The opportunity to sit on the bench, watch the speed of the play figure out the RBL team from the sideline. And then when he gets in there, he's understanding how a player he's supposed to mark might be moving or seeing their tactics from, you know, a a position that's not throwing him right into the fire. I loved his energy. Um, It looked out of position a couple times, just a little bit small critique that you can make when you're winning and just kind of write it off is no big deal. I think he's going to grow in just fine. And the depth we have, we're not relying on him to step in right away and provide 80 minutes a match. And that's to his benefit developmentally. Um, The other point I wanted to bring up was Tuta. Uh, 
he was in a position early in the match where he kind of you you saw him getting angry at guys uh, when they weren't clearing the ball effectively. Um, he's grown up. Tuta is grown up. He's being more vocal. And then Tuta, the goal scoring prowess showed up. Uh, you know, he doesn't do it often, ever, almost ever. Uh, but when he does, it means a lot. And the goal that he scored, um, at the point he scored it in the 67th minute, when we're trying to take that next step and kind of s- separate us, put some distance between us and Leipzig, uh, he was in the right spot at the right time for that rebound. He probably, you know, maybe shouldn't have been up that high at that moment. But hey, he's got the speed to get back. He's a leader on this team now. Uh, he's the veteran guy on that defense, as far as I'm concerned. And I thought he's done an outstanding job, and he deserved that goal. So A plus is all around for the Frankfurt side. Um, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. Me- I mean, if if there's any person I would probably give a little bit of uh, a harsh grading to is maybe Lundstrom because like I didn't see it didn't seem like he was that effective in the game yesterday um, unless he pulled an assist that I don't remember um, you know whether it was you know Tuta's goal or Rode's goal but I don't think he did but um, yeah you know he has that thing about him um, where <laughs> streaky it, 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 you know if you're a hockey person I call it the the um, Evgeny Malkin debate and you're not the <laughs> hockey guy you won't get it but i've heard of that uh, though you know evgeny melkin will not show up and then he'll be the greatest player in the world for a, a game and it drives pittsburgh fans crazy and the rest of the nhl crazy but uh, you know i've said it since the day lindstrom arrived he's always going to be a head case he's gonna play himself out of matches sometimes he'll have a slow day uh but his effort is always there and usually he follows up a tough performance with a good one so right. I'm going to hope that comes on Wednesday. He's he's a driven kid, but he is still a kid. And you see it on his face, that frustration sometimes. Um, but he was right there when the goals were scored, celebrating with his teammates. He's We're, we're going to be okay with him there. It's just going to be a little frustrating from time to time. Uh, and but then if not, I think you know, having we have Kinaf and we have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we have Bori there. We have veterans and Rhoda and Goza that are, you know, right next to him on the pitch that are going to feed him that positive energy. And, uh, of course, I hope Rhoda's back soon. We, we're we going to need him. And that injury did not look good, but he walked off under his own power. So right, hoping, right. Uh, hoping he'll be back sooner rather than later. I got a question for you about the high fructose Leipzig team here. Um, is Tedesco in over his head? Because this this squad does not look good. Uh, they started the season so poorly, and they're going into Champions League in horrible form right now. For a coach that young, um, I wonder if he can manage this, or if you know this is something where they're just going to kind of write off Champions League play and try to move themselves up and qualify through the league. What do you think I about don't, Leipzig? It's it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know if Tedesco's really over his head. I think I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. Just because like I think he's trying to change too much at too too many different times. So like for example, like when um what's his name came in? When Zal- Zalazai came in uh, came in instead of Daniel Ram, like Zalazai was way more effective player. Like he was definitely giving uh Lindstrom and Jakic like kind of a run for their money every time he kind of uh, ran on the left side of things. I mean, 
I mean, he's he's got great attacking power with Timo Werder, Christian Kuku, and then Andre Silva on the back. Who, which I, by the way, love that we fucking booed the shit out of him when he got subbed in. Shout out to all the ultras at the Frankfurt Stadium there last weekend. That was a that that boo shook my TV. That's for sure. Um, but I I I I don't think so. I just think like. I think Leipzig are in this weird kind of, like, funk right now, just like the rest of the league is. Like, look at Wolfsburg, for example. Like, they're all the way down to 17th right now. Granted, their funk was from last week, from uh, last year, but look at Leverkusen now. I mean, Leverkusen's in a weird funk, too. Like, is Leipzig going to be in, in, a part of that group right now? So, like, it's weird that all these big teams from, you know, three, four years ago are starting to crumble right now. But, I mean, I don't think he's over his head. I just think... I just think he's trying to really figure out like the best way to organize this team. I mean, having Timo Werner back was probably the best thing for him because, you know, almost losing Christian and Cuckoo to Manchester United would have been terrible for him because, like, you can't put Andre Silva up there. He's not a great Leipzig player. You can't put Emil Forsberg up there, too, because, you know, he's kind of old. I mean, I would have said Danny Olmo up there, but he injured himself last weekend, too. So, I mean, I think the biggest issue with him is he doesn't, you know – he is he sh- it's it's it he should have had more of attacking powers with like um different signings like maybe put Christian Campbell up there a little bit more under Timo Werner but you know Timo Werner did score his first game but for some reason this game he just wasn't existed and stuff like that you know where you know Leipzig have to be considered considerably consistent knowing for the recent successes yeah uh for those that care not that any of us do but we're going to throw it out there anyway Leipzig opens Champions League play on Tuesday. Quick turnaround. I get Shakhtar Donetsk, who pretty much the entire world, unless you live in Leipzig and you like your overly sugary drinks. Um, Plastic. Nobody, nobody on the planet is pulling for Leipzig in this one, uh, even though it is at uh, the, the Red Bull Arena. Um, but then they follow up with Real Madrid and then back-to-back against Celtic in Champions League play, so it's not going to get any easier for them on that side. They do have some easy ones coming up in league play, um, potentially easy. They got Dortmund next weekend, but after that, well, Gladbach's not much easier. Maybe Bochum after that, uh, Mines after. Never mind, it doesn't get much easier. Uh, Yeah, we'll see where it takes them. But back to Frankfurt, because that's what we're here to chat about. Uh, One last question. I I put it down in my show notes that this was – our most complete match, 90 minutes end-to-end since the Barcelona uh, domination last spring. Uh, for me, that road match at Barcelona was 90 minutes of fire. Um, and th- that's kind of what I felt this time around, where every touch was crisp. Every pass, every cross had a chance. Uh, the defense stood on their head. That is, for me, what the Oliver Glasner style is. It's just suffocating. You know, once once you take that step ahead of the other team, uh, you just keep the foot on the gas um, and then you throttle it. You know, we weren't throwing balls forward at the same pace, but once we settled back a little bit, it was, oh, time to go forward again. Time to go forward. Lean back, go forward. Lean back, go forward. And that back and forth to me was in such... Uh, symmetry in every position that if we can maintain that I'm not sure that there's any match out there where we're going to be overwhelmed we might get beaten but we're not going to be overwhelmed no I agree with you I think I think that's a great 
comparison to make between you know how strong we looked in this game and when's the most recent time we did um because like i'm looking at the barcelona at barcelona stats compared to you know the stats against leipzig and they're fairly eerily similar i mean just regard the whole passing thing because you know barcelona does completes 10 passes before any regular professional team completes one pass um <laughs> but in terms of, like the shot count you know it's fairly similar when we played barcelona you know we had 15 shots seven on target and we scored um uh, obviously three goals with 65 pass accuracy where with the Leipzig game you know we t- took 14 shots had nine on target and scored four goals so you know what that means is to me is like a we were a lot more efficient by the way pass accuracy was at 81 percent uh because obviously we had the ball a lot more but we didn't play Barcelona here but um it just shows me that like you know we're fairly efficient at you know big games and big moments and stuff like that and we're taking the right shots and whatnot you know i mean granted the holder goal was fairly lucky with the deflection and stuff but like the Kamada goal wasn't lucky the tuta goal wasn't lucky i mean tuta's always at the right place at the right time he's like a he's like um uh a later a later generation of Miroslav Klose, but just sitting sitting as a defender you know he's a great six yard striker you know but he's just gonna he's just playing center back for us um um it's, I I definitely agree with you. I think this is definitely the most most complete game, just because of like how much in control we looked, how we did not panic when it came to situations where Leipzig came down our throats. You know, there was a couple times where Kevin Campbell kind of made some darting runs. You know, made some connections with, um, you know, Timo Werner and, and, and Cuckoo and stuff like that. Even with David Raum, I mean, it, it, you know, there's definitely some connections there uh, that you know some dangerous moments that kind of made me nervous, but. I really wasn't ultimately nervous because, you know, at the same time, we have the best keeper in the world sitting in the in between the sticks for us, but we just looked so much stronger and Indica looked so strong. And, you know, I didn't think about this um, until recently when we watched the game. Um, I don't think there's any other top five, like, Champions League or Europa League team that has two left-footed center backs, you know, starting for them. And think about it, we have three left-footed people on our back line, which is very, very unique and very, very not, you know, not a thing that I know, at least, because left-handed people are apparently 7% of the world. So um, it's interesting to see that kind of thing. I mean, not that, it, you know, not that it means we're going to win the championship or anything like that, but this was a absolutely completely game from defense, midfield, and striker onwards. Yeah, um, just throwing an extra stat in there. I am a left-footed center back, so if Oliver Glasner is looking for a call-up, um, you know where to find me on all the socials. Uh, <laughs> looking around the league uh, as we round out our Match Day 5 review, um, interesting one, Freiburg, Freiburg continues to be top of the table. They took down Leverkusen 3-2. Leverkusen's lost 4 out of 5. <laughs> not a good start for the guys no, up the road. Uh, couldn't don't feel bad for him. Um, I had him higher up the table. Still, lots of time for him. Uh, everything else went pretty much uh, as you would expect. Union Berlin tying Bayern. A little bit of a surprise there, um, but Union's you know shown who they are early in the season. They're a really good team, uh, especially defensively. Only four goals allowed through five matches. And they've had a couple tough ones early. I think they're going to hang around top four, top five. I don't know how long. They might slip down, especially as they play through Europe. Um, But right now, everything I see from them says that I'm buying that stock. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of these games kind of put a couple teams into, like, you know, 
different sort of categories. You know, for example, you know, the Hatta Augsburg game, you know, who's who's more in a shitter? That kind of like uh, game, you know, who's going to be more nervous this season? Obviously, Augsburg lost in that one, so Augsburg's going to have more of a shittier season, kind of sitting in 16th right there, you know. Then we also had games like Schalke and Stuttgart, you know, who's kind of being the shitter in that game, you know. I mean, obviously, Stuttgart's a little bit better than Schalke that, um, so far this year, but not by a lot, you know, not yeah. by a lot. Um, Mainz had a pretty good game against Benjamin Gladbach, you know, they kind of put themselves in the potential conversation over your uh, European competition for 2023-2024 season. So that was pretty good. Um, Cone looks continuous, you know, continues to look strong. I mean, yes, they're playing a shitty Wolfsburg, uh, played a shitty Wolfsburg, but scoring four goals away is always a good sign. And I mean, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is Freiburg, you know. I don't know if this is another situation where, you know, what's going on with Leverkusen. Like, is this DEFCON uh, 6 sort of situation? But you know, Leverkusen kind of coming back on them or, you know, having that 72nd minute goal on them is also another, you know, another great indication about, you know, their fight and their grit and who they are as a team this season. I mean, well, well, deservedly, you know, the number one spot right now, the top of the Bundesliga. So it was yep. definitely, um, a definitely a very, very interesting match day, but it definitely put a couple teams to certain categories in terms of like, who's going to be, you know, trying to survive the whole time compared to who's going to be fighting for, you know, European competition. And I know, you know, we're sitting here five games in that it's like, you know, it's too early to talk about this, but these are definitely early trends that, you know, we got to take in mind, you know, once, you know, the World Cup comes in before we go back into break for two weeks, because I'm convinced once the World Cup is over, you know, it's like having, it's two seasons playing into one because the whole mindset completely changes for, you know, players. Yeah. You know, we, we watched the table this early and we might get upset as I do every single year when we start slow. And then I get all excited about this point in the year. Um, but when you're some of the teams with less depth and less talent on your roster, this is a time to start panicking. Uh, we look at the fighting Freddie Bobiches up in, in Berlin, got their first win on the weekend. So there's four teams left without a win. Uh, Stuttgart, who's got almost a handful of draws on hand. Um, but Schalke is still winless, Wolfsburg, and Bolkum is still down there without a point. So it, plenty of fighting to do to get up the table for a couple clubs that we thought were going to be a little better, especially Leverkusen. I know some had Stuttgart making a jump. Um, Leipzig still hanging around at 11. But yeah, uh, with Champions League coming into play and Europa League, there's going to be some distancing going on. Uh, it's a good opportunity for some teams to pull ahead that are focused on their only competition being the Bundesliga. You might catch a Frankfurt or a Dortmund, maybe even a Bayern um, with tired legs in one of these two match weeks. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, anything else on long the league? Long trip. No, long, it's, it's still a long season. I mean, it sucks to see Bochum struggling, you know, with five straight losses, only scoring three goals. Um, you, you always hope for a little bit better for always, you know, another team to have a, a longer Bundesliga season than being considered an elevator league. But other than that, I mean, lead the charge, Freiburg. Fuck Bayern. Fuck Dortmund. That'd be great. Love it. All right, let's move on to a subject that I know you and I both uh, excel in, maybe even more than soccer. Uh, let's talk hashtag it's what are we drinking. Yeah. What, I are, mean, you, what are you bringing I'm, to the party? I, I brought myself a good old cerveza here with some good old Corona Extra. Can't go wrong with that. I know that's Labor Day and it's called the end of the summer, but uh, 
still clinging on to it. I still have my pinky on the summer balloon. So uh, I'm just to hang on here until it gets too cold for me to hang up here. So um, the service says it is. Find your beach. Lime or no lime? No lime, unfortunately. It's not. It's <laughs> never the same. It's almost, it should be illegal to drink it without a lime, but I'd be very hypocritical of me to do that. So not yet. <laughs> All right. Tonight, uh, it, it is officially September. And for me, this is my favorite time of year. I'm a hoodie with shorts and sandals guy 12 months out of the year. But now that September is That hit, doesn't count if you do that in February and March as well. So I mean, I'm, you're an all-around from, shorts guy. Yeah, I'm the guy that, you know, there's a foot of snow on the ground. I'm filling up my car in sandals because I don't really get cold. But the excuse for September is I get to do it while drinking apple cider, which is my guilty pleasure uh, I probably keep the industry alive, to be honest. But uh, today I'm mixing it with Knob Creek smoked maple bourbon, uh, that with apple cider from Goodison Cider Mill in Lake Orion, Michigan. Fantastic combination. Actually, I'm doing it in a liter stein because I'm a badass and I can do that. Um, R.I.P. to my stomach later because this is a lot of fucking cider. But it's R.I.P. to the bathroom. Yeah, that's a part for a different podcast on nine-year-old homes and nine-year-old plumbing problems that I have. Um, yeah, but to you, wherever you're drinking, wherever you are toasting the Eintracht, we say prost. We'll be back with segment two in just a minute. Segment two, episode 235 of Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt. Matt in New York, Chris in Detroit. And we're going to pivot away from the Bundesliga for a minute. We're going to talk about the Frauen Bundesliga. Uh, the Lady Eagles are on a little hiatus here after they got knocked out of the Champions League by Ajax uh, a couple weeks ago. Still a bitter oh. taste in our mouth. Uh, that killer of a 91st-minute goal, but... Uh, they're going to rebound. They're going to be okay. Uh, it's been a little quiet here. They just ran a uh, preseason camp this coming weekend. They have their first, uh, or I'm sorry, second round uh, cup match. Second round? Doesn't sound right. Anyway, a cup match against Weinberg. I'll be honest, I know nothing about them. I'll put something out on social media beforehand when I do some research. Uh, but lead I'd player say we'll make a corny joke that they're a town full of wine, but I'm not going to make that joke, so... Sounds like a good place to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So league play will start the following week. Uh, The Lady Eagles will kick off on Friday against Bayern. It's quickly becoming, I mean, it's been a rivalry, but now it's a more heated rivalry uh, with some of the close competitions we had last season. So it's going to be a fun opening. We'll have a full uh, Frauen preview in the upcoming episode next week uh, before they kick off league play. And in other DFB Pokal action on the men's side, the second round draw took place, and Frankfurt will be playing the Stuttgart Kickers. No idea who they are. Do you have sure. Any 
Nope. I guess they're in, they're in Stuttgart, and they have a shittier name than Offenbach, it looks like. Well, actually, almost as shitty as Offenbach. No one can be as shitty as Offenbach, but yeah. Nope. Great. That'll take place on October 18th, time still to be determined. Uh, we'll throw that out on all the socials when we get word about it. But we kind of knew it was coming. There's going to be more more matches on the schedule. That's going to be a short turnaround. That's a Tuesday, I think, the 18th. So A lot of items left ahead of us. We're in three competitions right now, and we're trending in an upward trajectory. We're going to rely on that depth. And the Pokal is just going to be another opportunity to say who's ready, who's available. And um, we're going to be right in the heat of Champions League at that time. So... It's going to be an the interesting The real question one. is, who wants it? Who wants us? Nobody wants us. Nobody wants to see us. No one wants to play us. We're just that fucking confident. Everybody everybody fears us. Amen. Or they fear coming to play us. Or they fear hosting us on the road because we can travel more than anyone else in Europe. See, I'm starting to like fall, fall a little bit more now, Chris, because it's definitely spooky season. And, I mean, it could go <laughs> both ways. It's either, hey, we'll be spooking a lot of teams in the Bundesliga and the DFB Champions League, or we're going to get spooked by all of them. But spooky season's here. I just hope it we're on the here. right side of history. <laughs> so, there's something coming up this Wednesday. We're not going to beat around the bush. We're going to get right into it. Eintracht Frankfurt makes their long-awaited debut it feels like we've been talking about this for four or five years now. We've gotten so close a few times, we just fell just short. And finally, 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 we will make our debut in the Champions League this Wednesday against none other than Sporting Lisbon. Um, Holy crap, am I excited, Chris? It's a good time to you know, play Sporting Lisbon, you know, this week just because they are kind of in a shitstorm currently in their, you know, endeavors in the Portuguese league. I mean, they got walloped by Porto 3-0. They lost to some teammate Chavez 2-0. But they did just come off a win, so they kind of look like they bounced back. But, I mean, they're currently sitting in eighth place in a, in a Portuguese league where it's, you know, predominantly run by, like, you know, either them, Benfica, or Porto. And, uh... Trouble in paradise down there, my man. Yeah, it's an interesting situation because we talk about in the Bundesliga how it's so early in the year. We don't take a lot of stake in a, a slow start or a fast start. Anything could change on a dime. But then there you are as one of the top two, three clubs in your country. And to be struggling this early is very much uh, out of ordinary for them. They've had some strong starts in the past. They're also accustomed to playing in Europe every single year. Uh, so what we're about to get from them might be their rebound performance, too. Um, they have experience. They've, As I previewed in my Champions League preview a couple of weeks ago, they've won a shitload of trophies. And it, it doesn't mean a lot. It, as far as like the players currently on the roster, you might have one or two, maybe. But it means a lot as far as that culture. Um, you know, the New York Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009, uh, but they have that culture that every time they go out, they're the better team. And Sporting has had that kind of culture for years in Portugal, which is why they've been so successful. Even as they um, send players out, bring players in, they develop young players and ship them out, make a ton of money on it. Um they know how to play in these competitions, but guess what? So do we. 
and almost all of our roster, the, the, the 75% of our roster, won a silverware four months ago. So we're by no means an underdog going into this one. And guess what? The first match is at home. <laughs> I have been waiting. I'm almost getting emotional talking about this right now. I hate the fact, for those that don't know, uh, the matchup against Sporting will be Wednesday, September 7th, 12.45 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time here in the United States, 9.45 on the West Coast uh, a.m. That sucks. I'm going to be at work. And <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have it on. i got a nice video wall uh, that I'll be putting it on in all its HD glory. But I'm going to get emotional. This is a moment we've talked about, we've dreamed about. And when those guys walk out of the pitch and I hear that European anthem, um, it's going to hit different. I don't know what you think, Matt, but I'm I'm going to have think, a scarf you know, handy. I got tears to I, mop up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to hit me until I hear that, you know, Champions League anthem. And, you know, it's going to be the Deutsche Bank just like in the background and stuff like that. And I'm just going to be like, holy shit, we're here. Um, but no, I mean, clearly this is going to be a huge day for us as a club, you know, first time, you know, I mean, you laid it out perfectly debuting in the champions league here. Um, we're at home too. So like the atmosphere is going to be, you know, nothing that we're probably have ever seen before. Who knows what the TIFO is going to look like and, you know, what the fans have planned and everything like that, what the presentation is going to be like. But I mean, it's. You know the setup. The setup towards the matches is just going to be incredible, and I think the match itself is just going to be ecstatic because I think it's because I'm not too very well versed in the Portuguese league team. I'm not going to pretend here and sit here and talk about like you know as if I've watched every single game of the Portuguese league since Nam, you know. But it's um it's definitely like a it's 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 going to be an incredible moment. I mean, I, I I don't think emotional is the right word to put into perspective. I think it's going to be uh. I think it's going to be more euphoric for us, you know, like whether it's a win, draw, or loss. Like, I try Frankfurt is playing in a Champions League soccer game, for fuck's sake. You know, you'd have never – I would have – in my dreams, I thought I could say that in my mouth and be actually able to do that in reality is just nuts to think about. I mean, I'm still watching highlights from our Europa League endeavors and whatnot. But, I mean, we were playing in a great group. We are playing a team that's struggling right now. They also look like they're playing a 3-4-3 formation, which is very interesting because I always feel like um, if you are a team that has four in the back playing against a team, the three in the back, you always have some sort of advantage for obvious reasons. You have a better, de- you have more of a defensive strong uh, stronghold in that sense. But I mean, it's going to be an emotional day, man. It's definitely going to be an emotional day. And I think it's going to be emotional on both, you know, on, on both positive fronts being like the presentation side of things and the results coming up to it too. Cause I think we're going to, we're going to bag our first three points here in our champions league career. I will say that I think if anything good came out of that awful showing on match day one and Bayern just taking us to the woodshed, it might be the reminder going into this match on Wednesday to keep it all in perspective and not let your emotions and your anxiety be so high that you forget about the X's and O's on the pitch. And if anything, we can leverage our experience from being a cup winner last spring and the experience of being embarrassed on national and worldwide TV on match day one. uh, We can use that to our advantage and keep everything in perspective on Wednesday, treat it like another match, 
but respect what it means to the club and to the players involved, who most of which will be experiencing uh, the Europa or I'm sorry, the Champions League for the first time. So Matt, let's exactly. talk. Uh, let's talk X's and O's in this one. We had a luxury of calling in some subs at a pretty advantageous point um, against RB Leipzig. How do you want to see us line up? Um, is there anyone you want to see substituted in? Uh, anybody that might be tired or, you know, maybe Rafael Bore because of his big game European experience. What are your thoughts? Right, because I was kind of bouncing around the idea. It's like, do I want to have the strongest team in there and then also have a mixture of, like, you know, people who deserved it, such as, like, Bore and Knauf, you know, who got us to this position. But ultimately, you know, I, I really think we should um, – switch up Kamada for Bore and then see how Bore and RKM kind of work together. Because um, I definitely want to see how that kind of happened. I think we tried it against um, uh, who did we play before? Um, after Bremen Cud. So, you know, we did see that against Cullen where both um, Bore and RKM kind of played alongside each other and um, didn't really work well together. But then again, we were playing that Christmas tree 4-2-3-1 sort of style. Um, so I think I think what I like to see is maybe to do a little um, formation change and keep the four in the back with you know Jakic, Tuta, and Dika, and then honestly it doesn't matter between Lentz and Pellegrini. They're both absolute great you know um, replacements for Kostic, so that's completely fine. Um, in terms of like, I mean, it's going to depend. Are we going to trust in Mbappe or Mbappe to put in there next to So? I mean, he definitely looked good against Leipzig, but you know, is that maybe just like you know? beginner's luck in the Bundesliga or something like that. Um, maybe maybe we'll see Hasebe get you know get in there. Or maybe we'll see both Lentz and Pellegrini play um, on the wings, uh, you know, in our back four. We have Jakic playing across. So so I think it, it's a good combination of um, who's healthy and whatnot. But I definitely would like to see Kamada on the bench and see how Bore goes up there and then see how that kind of works out. But Based on Kamada's form, you know, I don't want to jinx us in, the, in that in that sense. And I think I'm only saying put Bore in there just to give him like, hey, thank you for bringing us here. Here's your you know reward. Here, here's your Europa League trophy. At the same time, I get to play the Champions League. But I think that's kind of my take on that. Yeah, I think uh, one thing I might look at is Lindstrom off the bench. Uh, if we can yeah. work Bore, if we can work in Bore up there, um, he's my second option. Just because Bore will be a little more physical, um, he might not be as good one on one with the ball as Lindstrom is, but he Bore's gives fast. he gives a big body uh, for crossing. He can settle and finish uh, really well. A target for Goza to pass to would be nice, um, and his ability to work with RKM. We didn't see a lot of it, uh, but maybe another shot of it. You know that's something being worked on every day. They're working on all those combinations, seeing what they can work out. And the other one for me is Hasebe. I know he's not going to go 90 minutes in a match of this caliber, but if we can get 60 minutes out of him, I think his experience in the midfield along right next to so uh, in place of Rota would be reliable enough to, you know, swing back. If there's a lot of pressure, he can move into a back five position comfortably He's controlled enough with the ball moving forward. He won't take unnecessary risks. Um, that, for me, is a, a solid two men uh, with So and, and uh, Hasebe next to each other. 
but I totally trust Lentz in that position right now. Um, Pellegrini, oh, definitely. Pellegrini, I trust, but Lentz has more experience with us in this squad. Uh, he's been very versatile and moved around to several positions in the short time he's been with us. So I want to see him get the start. It's nothing against Pellegrini. We're going to need legs next weekend uh, when we come back to league play. It's, you know, just a week away. So we can't, yeah. you know, just put all our eggs in one basket. It worked last year with Europa League, but it's not that way right now this early in the season. There's a couple of things we should probably mention to the fans, too, just so they can be, like, aware. And it's like a, a do-not-panic sort of guide, uh, just so that, you know, everyone can be on the same page here. So, like, just so you guys are aware, even though Sporting has had a fairly shut start in terms of their Portuguese league season, they've had the ball uh, they've had the ball at least 65% possession or higher throughout all their losses and ties and wins and stuff like that. So, even if we don't have the ball a lot, like... We should not panic. We will play to the counterattack and the high press and stuff like that, and we'll get them that way. That's how we did it against Barcelona. That's how we did it all against last season. That's how we did it against Leipzig as well. Um, B, <laughs> don't expect a clean sheet, guys. If we get scored on the first time, it's just how it is. We'll be okay. The sports team is most likely going to score a goal against us, but it's going to be okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it. We do this. This is how we bounce back. So just want to give that, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, before you step onto the subway or before you step onto before you watch this game, you know, before you go through these emotions, here is what's going to happen. For those in London, mind the gap because it's there and it can <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> um, so looking a little bit more at sporting, uh, their top producer offensively is their left winger, Pedro Gonzalez, uh, three goals, two assists this year. Their right winger is contributor to three points through, I think they played six matches, um, Marcus Edwards. So they they do most of their work through the wing. Uh, they tend to play the ball from the left side more than the right side. Uh, that's where their production comes from. We're familiar with that for the last several years, running almost all of our offense exclusively uh, through Kostic. So we're familiar with how that works. Um, the left side of our defense should be prepared to run their asses off because there's a lot of speed. Uh, Santos in the midfield, uh, St. Just, their left back, he he moves up. They do the whole, um, what do you call it, the passovers down the wing and all that kind of stuff. So look for a lot of crossing. Look for a lot of play through Overlapping. the left side. Yeah, over, thank you. For all the men, I was <laughs> thinking hockey, you know, it's almost hockey season. You. Training camp is I open. I got you. <laughs> I'll have more cider and whiskey. That will help me. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting come Wednesday. Matt, where are you at with this prediction wise? Oh, you know, I've been bouncing this freaking game like it like it's been it's going back and forth between like a tennis match. Maybe it's just a little bit of fever of the U.S. Open being across the street from me over here in Queens. But I think ultimately we're gonna get win that uh, win this game here, Chris. I I think we're gonna win this game big. I really think it's gonna be like a three one victory, um, Frankfurt. Just because I think of the pure emotion, we're gonna play this as if it's like a cup a cup final game. And um, you know the the players will really feel how historic of a moment this is gonna be. You know, not only for their careers, but for you know the millions of people and the millions of fans that Eintracht Frankfurt holds. So. 3-1 victory, it's going to be, you know, a good a good, a good amount of, you know, pure skill and, you know, depth and strength of our team, but also a good portion of it's going to be straight emotion. That's going to, you know, bring us to this 3-1 victory in our first three points in the Champions League um, 
competition. That sounds good. I like that. Um, I had an experience yesterday uh, at a Detroit City FC match where I, I usually hate when people go to a, a game where a team is not playing and they're wearing another jersey. I kind of think it's an American phenomenon. You go to a, <laughs> a baseball game where the Tigers and the Twins and someone's wearing a Yankees jersey. Or you know, I was at a Detroit City match and I'm seeing Tottenham jerseys and Manchester United jerseys. And then someone walks in with a Frankfurt jersey, someone I never met before. So if you're listening, message me. I want to know who you are. I want to give you a high five next time I see you. Um, but I, I bring <laughs> that story up to mention this. We've waited so long for this moment. Um, some of the guys that stuck it out, Timothy Chandler, uh, Makoto Hasebe, guys that you know could have moved on, should have moved on. Chandler has played so little, and he's had opportunities coming off a World Cup appearance for the United States. He stuck with us, and then he re-signed with us when he could have gone somewhere else at a time where we were really bad Um, for Kevin Trapp, somebody who left for greener pastures and came back hand selected Frankfurt to come back to because he knows how special it is here. Those three for me, I know they're going to appreciate Wednesday just as much as we are. And for the new guys coming in, the younger guys, uh, Lindstrom took a chance. He's a cup winner. Uh, Christopher Lentz took a chance on us. He's a cup winner. Uh, all these guys. Ansgar Knauf, we want to re-sign him. He's a cup winner with us. Um, there's such a tremendous opportunity to blend the old experience and the young talent and turn it into something extraordinary. And I think we're up for the moment. I think we learned from the Bayern match not to let your emotions get the best of you. They'll leave that for me when I'm crying over my computer at work. I'll do the crying, they do the play on the pitch, and we're going to walk away with a 2-1 to one victory at home in our in our Champions League debut. Love it. Love it. And you could have put it more beautifully. Could have put I, it more beautifully. I'm fired up. I'm going to I'm going to once we get off here, I'm going to go run through a brick wall for Oliver Glasner and what he has done to keep this team together. <laughs> it would have been pretty easy to cash it in a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm sure Peter Fisher up. and Axel Hellman would be would be fine with uh, paying that bill as well as they should. <laughs> no, no, put that money somewhere better. I I got the insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little um, administrative stuff for you here. Uh, we've got sporting on Wednesdays at uh, 12:45 Eastern time, and then we follow it up real quick turnaround Saturday. Wolfsburg. Uh, thankfully, that's at home too. So, you know, it's a quick turnaround, but there's no travel involved. Guys get some rest. And then it's right back on the road going to Marseille next week. So, not a lot of time to rest, but a lot going on. We're going to push out content. Matt, I know you'll be hot on that Instagram. We're working on a couple special things this week. It's going to be busy. Bear with us. We're going to have just as much fun as all of our listeners are, right? Oh, always. I think we have more fun than our listeners. <laughs> Matt, where are you on social media? You can find me on my Instagram at underscore Wagner eight. And you can find me on the Twitter landscape at wag M eight underscore. And I'm pretty sure I say it different every time, but it's a, it's underneath our Instagram on our own HEF Twitter page anyway. So I'm through there for sure. <laughs> we also tag other people when we try to tag you on Twitter. So <laughs> there's it's also a fun that. way to pull in new people. 
We do live <laughs> in that kind of world. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Peloton, Discord, wherever the social media stuff is. I'm there at C in the D313. You can follow the show on Twitter at HEF Pod. Matt does great work on Instagram at Hey on Track Frankfurt and on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash HEF Pod. And of course, our Discord chat, which gets to be a hell of a lot of fun on match day, as we're all yelling at each other, yelling about the game. So we'll do a live chat on Discord. You can find that link on our Twitter. Um, on our Twitter. Our website. And our website's coming. I'm so close. I, I'm not. I'm not a code guy, but I'm learning really <laughs> quick. It's coming quick. It is up though. If you guys want to check it out, Chris yes, is doing absolutely is stellar um, work. If you are looking for a bar, a place to watch in your town, we have a map available. Uh, listeners have told us where they watch in their hometowns. So if you're looking for a place to watch with Frankfurt fans, if you want to add a place to our map. Uh, there's a submission form there where you can tell us where you watch, and we'll share that with the rest of of the Eagles community. So that's all we got. Episode 235. Uh, we're going to talk to you again Wednesday night after the Champions League match, and we hope, we hope, we hope it's with three points in the bag. Matt, thanks. It's been fun. Can't wait to talk to you later this week. Hell yeah, Chris. I'm going to love working with you for the rest of the week. <laughs> I feel like I'm so corporate. (laughs) All right. For all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, like, share, all that fun stuff. We got a lot more fun stuff coming up soon. Until next time, cheers. I'm sure Frankfurt is playing in a Champions League soccer game for fuck's sake. You know, you'd have never, I would have, in my dreams, I thought I could say that in my mouth and be actually able to do that in reality is just nuts to think about. Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, Frankfurt, la 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 la.